the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To change direction is a simple but accurate definition of the word repent. Repent means to change direction. We change from one direction to another direction. Saving faith, that is putting our trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, is always, always, always accompanied by repentance. Hmm. Repentance and faith, they do go hand in hand, and we are seeing this here in our study, verse by verse, as we explore Romans chapter 5 today in our series called Sharing Jesus. We're looking at saving faith and Abraham as the prime example. Won't you join us? Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely as we begin today's broadcast of study, verse by verse. Now, clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was not based on his obedience to God's law. Again, he's arguing from the point of precedence. You see, God's law was not given until the time of Moses. Moses didn't exist until over 400 years after Abraham. So the law didn't even exist at the time that God declared Abraham righteous. So the law is not a factor in a person being declared righteous by God. Let's see, where were we? Not based on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary. And the promise is pointless. If we can be saved by keeping the law, folks, then there was no need for Jesus to go to the cross to fulfill God's promise. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. You know, some people say, well, those Ten Commandments, they're just so hard. You know, when mankind first started, there wasn't ten, there was only one. You know, don't partake of that particular tree. And we couldn't keep one commandment. You know, ten is irrelevant. It's just, all right. We're on verse 16. Uh, So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That's why oftentimes people call Abraham our father. And that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope because he and Sarah were beyond their childbearing years, uh, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you'll have. Now, what God and Abraham were having a conversation, God took Abraham out and said, look up at the sky. It wasn't a San Bruno sky. It was a wilderness sky. He said, look at those stars. A lot more stars than you'll see in San Bruno. And he says, your descendants are going to be as numerous as those stars. And so, for God had said to him, that's how many descendants you're going to have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered, 
in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too. So what is he saying? He says it's in there. It wasn't recorded just for his benefit. Abraham, I declare you righteous. Well, that was a benefit to Abraham. But the reason it was recorded for us was so that it would be a benefit to us. We would look at it and say, how did Abraham receive that blessing from the Lord of being considered righteous? It's a righteousness by faith. So it was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Let's repeat our phrase. God's gift of salvation is received through saving faith. Again, God's gift of salvation is received through saving faith. Now, when we look at the life of Abraham, we find two related themes that are woven throughout his story. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and Abraham obeyed God. And these two themes are intertwined, and, and it makes sense for them to be. Um, for instance, if God is really God, uh, that is God being all-knowing, all-powerful, all-wise, all-good, and so forth. So if God is really God, then doesn't it follow that God knows best? Isn't that a logical connection? Okay. Well, if God knows best, then isn't it a logical connection uh, that the best thing to do is what God says? That's a logical connection. All right. Well, if God says to do something and we're not doing it, isn't it a logical connection to make a change of direction and do what God says to do? Isn't that a logical connection? Okay. Well, to change direction is a simple but accurate definition of the word repent. Repent means to change direction. We change from one direction to another direction. Saving faith, that is putting our trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, is always, always, always accompanied by repentance. It's always accompanied by repentance. Now, why? Why is that so? Well, because when we put our trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, we must necessarily also put our trust in Him as Lord. If He's to be our Savior, He is also our Lord. Now, let's look at some of the popular verses that are used in, in presentation of the gospel. Romans 10, if you're in your Bible, you can turn there. It's just a few uh, pages from where we were at in Romans chapter 4. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And some people say, wait a minute, let me get this right. All I have to do is confess, and all I've got to do is believe, and I'm going to be saved. Yes, okay, I'm out the door. Good. But just a moment. Think about it. What are you confessing? You're confessing that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And not just in a generic sense. He's my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. There's another familiar verse in that same chapter, Romans 10, 13. says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Some people say, you know, all you're going to need to do is call and I'm saved. Yes. But think about it. Who are you calling? 
You're calling the Lord. And not just in a generic sense, you're calling my Lord. Now, it's important for us to understand what the Lord is and who the Lord is and what that title means, where it comes from. In uh, the Hebrew word for uh, the Hebrew word Jehovah, translated Lord, uh, was a title that was reserved for God alone by the writers of the Old Testament. Reserved for God alone. About 200 years before Christ, 70 Hebrew scribes got together and translated the Hebrew Bible into Greek, biblical Greek. Um, this word-for-word translation was called the Septuagint. And the word that the translators decided to use in the New Testament Greek to correspond with the Old Testament Hebrew, Jehovah, Lord, was Kyrios, which is also inter- uh, translated uh, Lord. Now, the Greek word, Kyrios, was, off, was sometimes used in extra-biblical uh, materials to designate kings. But in the New Testament, was chosen to convey the essence of the name Jehovah, God. And so when we call Jesus Lord, we are acknowledging that he is Jehovah, that he is God, that he is the King of kings, that he is the Lord of lords. And there's a, another meaning that's attached to that word. Kyrios means master. And so we are, what we're doing is we're declaring him to be our Lord and our master. When we call on him to be our Savior, we are also receiving him as our Lord and master. Now, that is a restoration of the place that he should be. Before the fall, he was the one who was in charge. And he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take care of the garden and don't want you to take of this tree. It was very simple instructions. We couldn't get it right then. Can't get it right now. Um, But he was in charge. What did mankind choose to do? They They chose to take charge. You know, God, we don't like your pattern. We don't like your system. We don't like your program. We don't like doing what you want to do. We want to do what we want to do. You see that tree out there? We want to take of that tree. And so what they did is they displaced God from the throne of their lives, put themselves on, and we see the results today. So when we call on him to be our Savior, we're also calling on him to be our Lord, which means we're inviting him to get back on the throne of our lives and take charge of our lives. Now, how does this affect us? Well, if we were to look back uh, into the life of Abraham as described for us in the book of James, it would say this. It would say, Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? I'm going to digress for just a moment here. Um, This story is told in the book of Genesis. Um, God comes to uh, Abraham and he says, That son that you love... Isaac, the son of promise, I want you to take him out and sacrifice him. Now, we know that God does not enjoy children being sacrificed. That's against his law. Um, So it's kind of something that's kind of hard for us to understand. But this much we understand. Abraham knew the voice of the Lord. And Abraham chose to obey the voice of the Lord. 
uh, I, would have, I would have a real problem with this. I have one son, Sterling. In the first service, I made the mistake of starting to say he's my little son, and he's not because he's looking him straight in the eyes right now. He's, he's grown up. And I love my son. And if someone, even God, were to come to say, I want you to kill your son, I'd have a real problem with that. And the scriptures say that Abraham believed God. He knew the voice of God, and he was obedient, and he took his son up. He did not know that God was going to stop the sacrifice. He thought that he was going to have to kill his son, according to the scriptures. And the scripture said that he believed in God. He believed that God could raise his son from the dead. And he believed that he, God would raise his son from the dead because this was the son that God had promised to bless him uh, through. And so basically, he put his faith in God. He was willing to sacrifice that which was most dearest to his heart. Whatever was required from God, Abraham was willing to be obedient to. Mm, not just a, a lesson to be learned, but an example to be practiced. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layton Sheely. As we continue our series, Sharing Jesus and the Five Statements We're Learning to Encourage Us to Do Just That. Questions, comments, as always, can be directed to our website, highlands.us. If you'd like to know more about Study Verse by Verse or Church of the Highlands, again, that's a great place to start, highlands.us. Tomorrow, our series continues. Join us then for study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.